As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the JSB Gamescast. We are 14 weeks in. 14? That's fucking wild, man. Uh, joining me on the mics today, we have Nick Rainbow Frisky Kilpatrick. Hey, man. How's it going? Your voice sounds <laughs> lovely today. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Jeez. All right. And then we have uh, Drew Roberts. What's up, man? Not much. Just drowning in soundtracks over here. Damn. So business as usual. (laughs) Business as usual. (laughs) We got a man drowning in his voice and a man drowning in soundtracks. This is this going to be a wonderful week. Actually, it's 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 going to be a pretty good week actually because for the past couple of weeks it's been pretty light. Uh, I know we've been doing like some traveling, some tournaments here or there. So we actually have a pretty solid show today. Um, for the people, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, this is the JSP Gamescast, where we talk about various news across the gaming industry and some of the games that we've been playing throughout the week. Um, in the news, we actually have things such as, you know, this updates to Pokemon, you know, we got some new modes and stuff, stuff happening in there. We have, uh, Shantae gets a pretty cool trailer. We got some Sony news and, you know, a couple of other things. But before we get into all of that... Uh, what has everybody been playing? Nick, I think you've been playing a big fat nothing. Uh, well, I played, well, it's because of AX, you yeah. know, traveling so much. Yeah. I didn't really have a whole lot of time, but mm-hmm. I got to, uh, test out a couple of things at Amexville, which was oh, fun. Okay. Uh, I got to play a little bit of River City Girls, which was pretty cool. Oh, that was there. Yeah. It was yeah. at the, uh, Arxis booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty fun. I like beat em ups, you know, me. Yeah, you know me, biggest Streets of Rage two fan in the world, <laughs> biggest Streets of Rage two <laughs> fan ever. So it was fun. I enjoyed uh, the art style, mm-hmm. the you know like the cute girls and that sort of deal. Yeah, uh, it was fun for like 
ability progression when leveling up and and like uh parry moves i thought mm-hmm. that was really cool mm-hmm. uh but I, I didn't play a whole lot of it there was another dude on the setup and i was just like let me hop in for a couple of minutes and jam out for like right maybe 10 minutes right but, uh, that was pretty fun, and then I played a little bit of Kill the Kill. Oh, um, okay. How do you feel about it? It's cool. It's yeah. it's better than like fucking Jump Force and those <laughs> kind of three D games. Fair enough. I think it has more of like a. It's not the same mechanic, but more of a feel how like Pokin does when mm-hmm. you're doing the like the two D part of it. Oh, um, okay. I mean the screen changes and like the three D like the sidestepping stuff. Right. Makes it more three D, but like the combos feel a little bit more fun, more like mm-hmm. an a classic Arxis game. Okay. And I mean, regardless of how trash and fan service kill the kill is, I still love it. So it's a fun show, man. <laughs> it's, it's got a lot of fun characters. It's just like whack. It's trigger it's, at, at triggers finest. You know what I mean? It's doing the space. Yeah. Uh, everything the trigger does well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What character did you play? I just played Ryoko. Ryoko. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you know if Nui was playable? I don't know. Uh, I just, I played okay. Ryoko for like two battles against this dude. And I was going to play Satsuki, but we had something else to do, so we had to leave. Gotcha. Um, We're getting a demo for that pretty soon, actually. Yeah, I know. Uh, It's going to be pretty cool. I think it comes out, like, next week or two. Yeah. Uh, 22nd, I think. 22nd? Get excited, man. I mean, it's pretty cool, I think. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, other than that, I've been playing. I said I was going to be labbing BB Tag a little bit more, so I did that. Mm -hmm. I was was talking to you guys about that in the group chat, so that was pretty fun. Okay. All That's right. pretty much it, though, yeah. <laughs> Got it. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Hey, Drew, what about you? What you been doing? Uh, so I haven't really been playing much uh, because I didn't go to Anime Expo, but I did go to uh, Community Effort Orlando uh, mm. a couple weeks ago, Yeah, uh, which is a fighting game tournament. So I have spent most of that time labbing out BB Tag, and I was prepping for that tournament. Uh, and after that, uh, after my performance, uh, I was pretty pretty proud of my performance at the tournament and i really wanted to grind out more so uh since i only had a couple of days before the holiday i pretty much just spent those uh uh, doing net play for bb tag and kind of trying to work on my matchup knowledge and whatnot okay uh but now now that i'm back and on a normal schedule just playing some cold steel 2 getting back into the swing of things there because that game is amazing oh boy that, that game, that game's wild. We can't talk about it until I finish it. I know, I know. Uh, man, this, I have so many screenshots. I just want to like throw into the group chat with you and Cam, <laughs> but I can't do it yet. <laughs> soon, soon, man. I need you guys to finish. <sighs> but that's cool. That's cool. Like any any kind of like updated thoughts on it, or it's just kind of like same as usual. Just um, some good so stuff. I'm in the second act of the game, mm-hmm. and I really like how they change things up. Yeah, like. Uh, so up until this point, all the Trails games that I've played, and this includes Trails in the Sky, it's very linear, it's very straightforward, uh, you're pretty much going along a straight path the entire time, and, like, the game, while being, like, the game's all about world building, and while being this giant world, Mm -hmm. every chapter's like a sort of just segmented section of each chapter, and it's like that all the way up until this Act 2, where it finally opens up pretty much everything yeah and that is pretty cool yeah they they really give you that that open world feel where it's just like take control go where you want you know do whatever (laughs) now this also kills me because i have to go and talk to every npc anytime something happens to make sure i don't miss them yep gotta fill out those character profiles (sighs) (laughs) 
you're doing God's work, Drew. I'm glad I can rely Lore on master. you to do that. Lore master Drew Roberts. <laughs> Lore master. Gotta remember Drew. that. You're the best. But yeah, man, I, I really like that part of the game where they really just give you give you control over everything, and it's just it gives you a really mm-hmm. good sense of just like you know what's out there. They they throw some extra stuff out there too, like some extra um, bosses and stuff that you can go fight and things like that. So it, it really like I did run into a that. super boss and I got yeah. wrecked. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is a new feeling for this game. For the, at least Cold Steel. I was going to ask you at least um, Cold Steel. While while. We've been we played this game on on Nightmare, and I was wondering like how is the difficulty for you so far? Still, is it still feeling really easy? Okay, so I got got by that one boss fight like when we first started the game. Yeah, and I was like, "Yo, this boss theme is tight," right. and I'm getting wrecked in this boss fight. Mm-hmm. And then come to find, it was a scripted boss fight, and I'm like, "Damn it, you're supposed right. to lose." <laughs> I'm like, it's just it's one of those scripted boss fights that if you don't last long enough and you die, you get a game over. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, okay, this boss fight's kicking my ass. Great. And then, like, I got a little bit further the next time, and I'm like, oh. And then it just like, and that's oh. a little bit of a letdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, other but than that- uh, I mean, yeah, the game mm. is still easy, even on the hardest difficulty, simply because, like, you have so many options, and your characters are freaking. Yeah. yeah like, Usus is one of the best support units <sighs> ever. My, yes, like, he is. My 20 son. craft, and he gets to buff all the important stats. That's it. Yo, give me the attack, give me the speed. <sighs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, and I just got the skill where he just puts uh, immunity yep. on your characters. Yep. So, you, you literally, with Usus, you don't even need, like, a healer at that point, to be honest. You don't. Because you can You really don't. And it's just card. like, oh, okay. Um, all right. If, if you spec Fee right, then she's busted. I think Fee's like. I mean, I'm I'm doing like a crit build on Reen. I have an Mm. evasion build on Fee. Yeah, like like when you get Fee's evasion to 100, percent it's it's done. It's it's literally ripped. I believe that. I believe that. I'm I'm (laughs) I'm legitimately kind of trying to avoid that, but at the same time, there is like some fun. Give in, give in. Like you 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 put an orb that guarantees crit on like counter attack. (laughs) It's just like oh jeez. I mean, to be fair, like. We did that with old RPGs. Like, how many times have you broken Final Fantasy VII? Oh, plenty of times, of course. Like, with that, some that's kind of the joy of it. Materia builds. Yeah, that's kind of the fun of it, really. You know, finding what's broken and exploiting um, it. Yeah, like I am a little bit sad because Trails in the Sky, a couple of those boss fights were legitimately challenging. Mm, mm-hmm. Like the Colosseum in third. Third, yeah. Like beating that on the hardest difficulty was so satisfying. I wasn't. I didn't do Nightmare on third, did I? No, I think I did the second to last or whatever. No, no, no. Not Nightmare difficulty, but the Nightmare oh, Coliseum. Oh, the Nightmare Coliseum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. To yeah, unlock yeah, uh, what's-her-name's, yeah. um, uh, best weapon. Yep, 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 yep. That fucked me up. <laughs> oh, dude. That boss fight was ridiculous. I was up until four in the morning. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, I yeah. mean, all in all, like, difficulty aside, I've... Like, yeah, it's easy, but the characters are so good, and everything yeah. is just so much fun. Yeah, 100%. I was just wondering, like, how you're feeling about the difficulty. Because I feel um, like I've heard, easier. like, like I haven't heard if, like, third, or mm. not third, but Cold Steel three. 3 and Cold Steel 4, if they're harder. Mm-hmm. I know Cold Steel 3, like, revamps the system completely. Mm-hmm. 
That is what I've heard. Yeah. I literally know nothing because I'm so afraid of spoilers I haven't even looked at it. I don't know <laughs> how I pre-ordered the game and everything with it without spoiling myself. I'm surprised. I'm surprised because like... Like, I kind of just did it automatically and like checked out. Oh, you just I don't remember anything. And didn't look at the image or nothing, just like done. <laughs> I mean, I pieced to get like I saw some promo art for CS3, yeah. and I did piece something about a character from CS2, yeah, in three. Like I pieced that together. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Right, right, right. They're kind of building to that anyway, and that's not a big surprise. Mm-hmm. But other than that, other than that, we're good. Okay. I can't wait for that game. I can't wait to finish Cold Steel Two. Same. Like Same I love it so much. Cool beans. Uh, All right, I'm good. That's it. Yep. Cool. Um, so while I was at Anime Expo over the weekend, uh, I got to try out a couple of games and there's kind of like two that I want to highlight. Um, since we're already kind of on the topic, I did get my hands on uh, Cold Steel 3 for a little bit. Spill. Um, I won't spoil anything. Uh, this is really just kind of like, uh, impressions on like the visuals and the UI. Um, so like the visuals of this game is like such a huge upgrade from like one and two considering like one and two really? were originally what Vita games, if I remember right. Vita and PS3, but yeah, they're probably Vita. designed with Vita in mind. It, yeah, that's exactly what it was. So we have a game that's like finally built for the the hardware that it's on, and it looks really good. Like they really touched up the animations and everything. Nothing really feels stiff anymore. Like when you get like the windscreens or whatever, and characters nice. in CS2 would like go for like a high five, and it's like it was kind of like an awkward jankiness to it, and you're just like, oh, okay, oh dude, see. it's so awkward. <laughs> it's so <laughs> awkward. But um, with the new game, everything feels nice. Everything's fluid. Um, and I really, really appreciate that. And so it looks more like a PS3 Tales game? Right, right. It, it really okay. does, like a late PS3 Tales game. All right. Um, and then, like, the, the UI adjustments is really smart, too. So, like, when you get into battles, it's no longer, like, um, selecting the attack with, like, up and down or whatever. Every option is tied to a face button. So, like, Ooh, okay. X's attack, I think, square was craft circle was arts and then i think triangle so like mario was. rpg yeah 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 exactly and then like the directional right. ones was more like for the support option so like up was item um down was something else and it was really really smart how they did it and just like some of the smaller changes like where the character portraits are um how they display uh the characters that are linked together enemy turn order it just really cleans up the interface it makes it a lot mm-hmm. easier to like see what everything is and what you need to do and also giving you a little more screen real estate to just kind of like admire what's going on so it's nice. it's really cool touches to to what we already what we already had it's just like smart improvements all around really good game i i can't wait to really get in on it and i can't wait for you to finish ds2 so i can just like start spoiling some things um, excellent <laughs> yeah um the other game i got to try out you know shout outs to modus games they i hooked up with uh jeff who was the community manager for modus games and he let me try out chris tales um which is a new uh turn-based rpg coming out um i forget the developer's name but it is like a smaller colombian studio that's putting this together and it's a beautiful like 2d uh side-scrolling jrpg um you play as a character named Chris Bell, who is like who discovers she's like a time mage. Um, and it has similarities to like a chrono trigger in a way where you're really messing with like the past and the present and the future. Um, but what this game does that's so cool is when Chris Bell um, discovers that she's a time mage, she gets this like crystal, this triangle crystal around her. 
and anything outside of that crystal shows uh like the past and the future so like uh in the center of the screen you have this triangle and you see chris bell and it's the present on the left side of it you see the past and then on in front of it you see the future so as you're walking through the environment you're literally seeing like what this environment will look like in the future and as you walk by it you see what it looks like now and then as you pass it you see what it looked like in the past it has a really really cool um just visual style to it and that lends itself to like some puzzles that are in the game so you meet uh one of this merchant who is like yo i need help figuring out um like the labels on this uh potion that she's creating right one is supposed to be deadly and the other one's one she's supposed to use but she can't tell because the labels got like messed up or whatever so you use your sort of uh ability to see see the past and whatnot to be able to tell okay this is what it looked like and then you can interact with the past and then bring it to the future and then show her and be like no this is the right one quest complete whatnot so it really lets you play with that kind of stuff um and as far as like the battles go it reminds me of like a Mario RPG. So it's turn-based, and when you select attack, there's a rhythm to it. So when you when you attack, she'll go swing her sword, and if you hit the attack button, like right when she attacks, she'll do a follow-up attack, right? And same thing when you defend. So if the enemy tries to hit you, you hit an attack, you can negate some of the damage by timing the, the button press. Um, it's just a really, really cool game. The visuals are really awesome. The... The voice acting is really great. The music is awesome. It's just a really, really cool, really, really stylish game. I've never really seen much like it, and I'm just really looking forward to it. I don't know if you've seen this game at all, Drew, like in terms of like the, the trailer or anything. Oh, no, I have. I want this game very, very <laughs> It's It's so... Oh, I, I can't wait for like more people to try it out. Like I cannot express how excited I am for this game. Really, really cool stuff. Did you hear something about a demo coming out? Uh, there was a demo. Drew, you kind of sound pretty far away. Um... There's a demo. Can you hear me now? There, there you go. Um, we had a demo come out briefly after uh, the E3 announcement, and it was a very, mm-hmm. very short demo for like two days. Um, but I don't know. If oh, that's really what it was. Out. Yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, later in the year, maybe we might get another one. It is slated to come out 2020, so there's still a lot of work to be done. But for what's what it's worth now, it's probably my like most anticipated new game going into 2020. Okie doke. Well, yeah. uh, I'm pretty excited for it myself, so yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of it as far as what we've been playing. So we can kind of jump into the news segments here. Uh, first and foremost, Sony is apparently considering buying uh, some studios in a way to combat uh, Microsoft purchasing, you know, 25 like new studios of their own. Uh, I know how I feel about this, to be honest. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. I'm not really sure how to take this quote in here. I, like the article says, Sony wants to buy more stuff, but I'm kind of like not convinced by what was said. He there, there was a let's see here, uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment President Jim Ryan. Uh, he had a quote saying, "Content is becoming more important than ever," and then notes that they are looking at potentially welcoming companies into the fold. And I don't know if they're going to go as hard as Microsoft is. I can see them picking up like one or two studios here or there, mm-hmm. but I doubt that they're going to be like, yo, let me buy up 15 more studios to try and combat whatever, you know, Phil Spencer has in mind. Yeah, like, again, I don't know. I like studios being able to kind of do their own thing without having to deal with their console overlords. Like, I don't want Nintendo to go and buy up a bunch of companies either. Like, Right. 
having the freedom to do what they want is how we get really cool games. Yeah, for for sure. And and honestly, um, it, it's kind of why I, I look f- look at Microsoft's situation a little bit differently because with Phil Spencer in charge, like he's really letting those studios do whatever they want. It's almost like a blank check for those guys. Um, mm-hmm. If you listen to like the interviews that he has and everything, he always talks about the Microsoft really just has like a hands off approach now. Like they're just letting the studios do whatever it is that they want to create, and they they brought him into the fold because of their originality, and they don't want to tamper with that. And you look at New Age Sony of today, and they're kind of strict in a lot Overlords. of ways. They're, yeah, they're Nintendo from six seven years ago right they're being really really like you said overlords um and i don't really trust them as i would any other company right now so i'm, I'm kind of i don't know you. like it's mm-hmm. it's more than just like that that sony cockiness that we saw at the beginning of the ps3 it's yeah. like oh yeah i don't know what's going on with them yeah 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 it, it's very very weird i know they they shifted like their um their uh priorities to the west now like i know um Sony of America has a lot more power than Japan these days, uh, so it, it might be tied to that. I don't know, but it, it's it's a little concerning. I'm, I'm with you on there, Drew. I think um, what you say about the, the quote being slightly concerning, mm. it gives me the same vibe where I'm looking at the quote and I go, just saying content is becoming more important than ever when you're saying like, we're talking about Overlord Sony, yeah. where they're just going to be like, push out as much shit as you can doesn't matter if it sucks or not we just got to have stuff to compete with all this other stuff that's coming out in the marketplace right when you think about the word content in this text it's just like it's kind of cringy almost yeah it's like we're not really talking about games we're talking about products at this point and it's like we don't really care what it is we just need to push more (laughs) things out just content content (laughs) content um so yeah i don't i don't really like the way they're talking about games going into the future it's it's very very concerning for me it Um, is concerning yeah i'll be curious to see what they're looking at purchasing though so yeah we'll see what happens in the coming months uh next story this is a fun one so way forward uh they dropped the trailer i love everything about this (laughs) by the way they dropped the trailer out of nowhere for river city girls which is just a female version of river city ransom and i'm i'm all the way in (laughs) absolutely day one purchase for sure. real, if I knew they day had one booth, purchase, if I knew that it was at Anime Expo, I would have played it. I didn't see it at all, but that's who I played Kyoko. Kyoko, yeah. yeah, I would play her too. She had the bat in the in the promo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was fun. It's so cool, and it seems like it still has like the level up mechanics and stuff too, right? And you purchase skills yeah. and yep. stuff. Um, Reminds yeah. me of Scott Pilgrim a little bit too. Oh yeah, I could see like yeah, the art real. style. Yeah, definitely. Uh, is it just two players? Does anybody know, or is it four? I don't know. I know that like I've the heard rumors of two. more than two playable characters. Mm-hmm. Maybe this okay. is just because it's the demo they're just giving you those two. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a funny thing to note in this article: um, people have been bringing up, you know, is Shantae going to be playable? And Way Four has been kind of like coy about it. Mm-hmm. So I, that would be super, yes. super cool. That'd be um, sick. Yeah, I, th- I think they'll sneak her in there. I'm, I'm pretty sure. But do we have a release date on it? Or is it just 2020? September. Uh, 2020. Oh, September. Is it 2020? 
No, no, no. It's 2019. Yeah, this year, yeah. September 5th. September 5th on all platforms. Yeah. So definitely switch purchase. Definitely switch. But regardless. <laughs> oh, for sure. And a physical edition will be made available in the future via limited run. Shout so. out to limited run. Getting games <sighs> before they even come out. That's fucking <laughs> badass, dude. Yeah, now we're just going to have to fight for the collector's edition. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Set your alarms, Drew. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> man. And then some more way forward news. Uh, Shantae 5 got a, an animated intro done by Trigger, right? Yeah. yeah. This intro was so sick. It, it was, was so, sick. so fucking cool. And Trigger's like wild, colorful style really lends itself to the Shantae games. Um, yes. It's just so... It's amazing. Like, it's so wild to me as like someone who played the original game like around the time when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like, to see how big this series has become. Because, like, kind of like Falcom games, I've always told him, like, hey, you need to play Shantae on Game Boy. It's actually a really, really good game. And, of course, no one ever listened to me. Yeah. And now, like, it's this giant thing. Yeah, it's it's funny. I never played the original on the Game Boy, and I can't even remember, like, the first one. I, did they have a DS game? Yes, it was uh, Risky's Revenge. That, okay, then that's the first one that I played. And that was on, like, the DSi shop. Yeah, that's the first one that I played, and I was like, oh, this is a cool new game. That's that's awesome, not knowing that there was a game before it or anything like that. And I don't know when it happened, but just, like, over the last couple of years, Shantae just exploded in popularity. Yeah. It really did. It really did. Everybody started and I to... think a lot of it might have to do with, like, the Kickstarter campaign back when, like, Mighty Number no. 9 was announced. Because mm. the Half-Genie Hero... Uh, Kickstarter was around the time of Shovel Knight and Mighty Number no. Nine, oh, and then like that right. was the trifecta of like the Kickstarter gods. Yeah. And then Mighty Number no. Nine flopped, but Half Genie Hero and Shovel Knight were great. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what did it and put it on everybody's radar. Um, but like, I have been preaching about the series for years. Man, no one ever listened to me, and I'm just like, please, <laughs> please play it. And I mean, to to people's credit, like, mm-hmm. wave. First off, Matt Bozon doesn't believe in release dates. At all. Yeah. Like, th- this is just a personal nitpick from me to mm. way forward. If you're listening, Matt Bozon, pick a release date and just stick with it, please. You're <laughs> no. killing me. The game is done when it's um, done. We, we can't announce release dates. Um, But, like, Shantae games have always released at a very unfortunate time. Mm. Like, the first Shantae game came out after the Game Boy Advance was already out. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then Risky's Revenge came out. After the 3DS was a thing, and only on the DSi shop. Right. So, really and the DSi so. shop wasn't available on the 3DS until, like, six months after the 3DS was a thing. Right, And right. no one really bought a DSi. Right, right. Hmm. So, and, like, that was the only way you could play it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, like, Pirate's Curse, like, was in development for a while, for a while, for a while, for a while, and then eventually came out. Uh, and I think, like, that's where, like, Shantae started to get some traction. Then there was the half-genie hero, like, Kickstarter. And then here we are. And the, yeah. But I'm still, I'm really happy at how well this series is doing. Oh, me too. Me too. I, I really want to see Shantae throwing in some more some more collabs, you know? Shout mm-hmm. out Studio Trigger as well. You know? Just put, in general. Put Shantae and BB Tag. Put Shantae and BB Tag. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although, of course, all the, the smash, so in this trailer. Mm-hmm. There, because uh, like Shantae lives in like a lighthouse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's like a porthole window, mm-hmm. and it's in a cross. But like in the trailer, it looks like the Smash logo, and like all the tin hat wearing people on Twitter are like, "Shantae's in Smash! Shantae's in Smash!" <laughs> I'm like, y'all need to calm down, please. 
I mean, put Shantae in Smash, though. <laughs> I mean, please do that. Absolutely. But but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right. Calm, calm down. Calm down. But yeah, that that's super cool news. Uh, moving on. Long Wrestler 1 and 2 Remake will be coming to the West in 2020. That's You really all exciting. are welcome. That's very exciting. I've been waiting for like the Western sort of announcement release date. I'm so happy for this. Yeah, same here. Um, I never got a chance to play the Langrisser games. We've talked about this before, Drew. It's, it's something that I really want to play. Um, and I got a chance yeah. to play the demo, uh, the Japanese demo on the Switch. And mm-hmm. I really like what I played. Um, it's a really cool take on the strategy RPG sort of genre where you get like you sort of micromanage your subunits on top of your actual units and stuff like that. It's really, really cool. It's very much what Fire Emblem Three Houses is looking into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what makes me excited for Fire Emblem having experienced Langrisser. Um just because it's just a different take, and I really like the the '90s aesthetic that it had. Um, and, I, and, mm-hmm. and I'm and the the new art style is growing on me. Um, but I definitely I didn't think realize it was the Artinelico artist. It is. It I is. I just and, found that out today. And that that could be hit and miss because I, I like that artist, but True. like at the same time, there's also some parts of that artist I don't like. So it's kind of like, eh. I think but that's probably why I like honest, Hazard, uh, as someone who's been like a Growlancer fan for years. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to deny Urashihara's work. Yeah, for sure. Like the old Langrisser and Growlancer work is so good, so strong, so strong. And I'm I'm glad that they're letting us use. At least I think they are. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen yeah. like the words you can use the original art. But you can. You my can. impressions are that you can. You can. It's actually uh, it's an it's an option in the menu. Um, you can change to it oh, at nice. any point in the game sick yep you can just hit start option art style change and just like oh, okay this is what the updated art looks like and eh, i'll go back to the old one boop done so it's so it's, exciting yeah that, i love it when remasters have that option it's just so mm-hmm. cool to just do like a side-by-side comparison and just pick the one that you like better so this way people don't argue about it you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah like don't don't if you like the new art and do not let me knock you on it like yeah, i'm just sure. a fan of the 90s aesthetic for sure. But for any of you who really like the new design, feel free, man. Like, I don't think it looks yeah. bad. I just, no. I have a preference. Yeah, that, that's basically it, right? Like, it, it looks fine. It looks good. Um, just, I have a preference as well, and that's basically what it is. Uh, uh-huh. The next article I'm really excited for. Um, yeah, this is all you guys, because this isn't Rune Factory, so. <laughs> Harvest Moon, Friends of Mineral Town remake, slated for the Nintendo Switch. Guys. Have I ever told y'all I am, like, the hugest Harvest Moon fan? Like, I have an unhealthy addiction to these games when I was a kid. <laughs> I mean, I get it. That's me in Rune Factory, so I get it. Yeah, man. It's it's really, really cool. Um, Not much I can really say here, aside from, like, the, the art style looks great. Um, I'm kind of torn on, like, the new character portraits. I think they look fine for the most part. Um, but like my girl Karen looks a little off and I'm like, Hmm, I don't know if that's just like nostalgia playing here or, or what, but for the most part, I'm excited for the game. Um, I will gladly play Harvest Moon anytime it's released on a modern console. Um, I mean, at least it's on switch and like these kind of games lend themselves to being portable. So 100%. I'm wondering if they're going to allow you to do, like, same-sex relationships so I can just make a female character and then just go after Karen and fulfill my Yuri fantasies. Uh, that would be amazing. But if I can't, that's fine. Ah, there was Karen. I love this trailer. Uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, it's coming out a lot sooner than I thought. October 17th uh, for Japan, which I might just import it for shits and giggles. Uh, I don't know when a U.S. release will come, but I'm pretty sure it'll follow not too long after, I imagine. Yeah. At least hopefully before the end of the um, It has been confirmed that it is coming to the West. Okay. Under oh, the good. name Story of Seasons because of, like, the whole Marvelous debacle. Yeah. Like, Harvest yeah. Moon can't be called Harvest Moon here anymore. Yeah. It's it's a whole thing. But that's fine. We'll, we'll unpack that at some point because I'm actually curious, but... Definitely. I, I need to actually look into that as well, so I think that would be a good topic to get into at some point. But yeah, exciting news for Harvest Moon fans. Uh, next up, Yokai Watch 4 is confirmed for localization. That's also really cool. This was announced at Anime Expo. I remember hearing this um, while walking around the show floor after that oh, nice. happened. Um, I enjoy Yokai Watch. Um, I don't think I, I've I didn't never play... played one. I didn't play Yokai Watch three, uh, but I played one and two, and it's it's really neat. Um, it's just like a different take on Pokemon, really, with like a little bit more of a serious story to it, like an actual storyline to it. Um, it's cool. It's neat. Uh, I'm about it. That's really all I can really say for it. All right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it it was news. I saw it. I'm like, I bet you one of them likes Yokai Watch. I don't know anything about it. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd be down to to play another Yokai Watch. It's been a while, so I'm I'm for it. And it's coming out on Switch, right? I think this is the Switch version of Yokai yeah. Watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be cool. Yeah, the most I know about Yokai Watch are like those weird, weird trailers with Reggie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about those. Yeah, it, it's really just like instead of um, instead of like cute Pokemon creatures, it's just like different Yokai, which are just like spirits in japan so there's like the umbrella spirit that most people realize but it is like the pokemon model right yeah 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 you're capturing spirits and you're using them and you level them up and you evolve them and all the jazz it's kind of the same deal really. okay just a different art style but uh yeah moving on ah this this is all you uh square enix releasing oh, Chrono Trigger orchestral album so like this is huge because like Chrono Trigger, and because I haven't played Chrono Cross, I can't say. But Chrono Cross and Chrono Trigger are considered Yatsunori Mitsuda's, like, best work. Outside of, like, maybe Xeno games. Like, I think Xeno Gears is up there as well. Yeah, 100%. But from what I've listened of Chrono Cross, that soundtrack is phenomenal. Like, I remember I was in a, I was in a used game store once, and someone had the intro playing, and, like... Mm-hmm. Chrono Cross has a little bit of Chrono Trigger's like main theme in it, and like I heard it, and I'm like, "Yo, I really need to make time to play Chrono Cross at some points," <laughs> and I really do. Dude, you know, like but, the, the battle theme, the Chrono Cross gets stuck in my head randomly all the time. <laughs> just like random fun Rob fact, just I'll be at work and I just like think about the battle theme. I have no idea why it's just stuck in my head for like years. See, that that's me, but it's uh, Corridors of Time, because that song mm. is just so, I mean, for lack of a better word, timeless. Like, that song oh, is so good. <laughs> I, look, it, I could not find a better word. Could not find a better word. But, like, Fair. that song is just so good. 100%. Like, Mitsuda really outdid himself. And I know Uematsu worked on Chrono Trigger a little bit, but I don't know mm-hmm. how much influence he had right. on either Cross or Trigger. Right. I'm not entirely sure about the history of that. But, but best know, I do already have this pre-order on you, Amazon Japan. You have the premium edition? Of course. <laughs> of course. I wish, there, money? 
I wish there was a vinyl version, and then I would buy it. That would be cool. That'd be double the price. I mean, I'd pay it. I bought I bought the fucking <laughs> Skies of Arcadia one. I'll pay it. It's That's fine. fine. I still want we that. We just get box. like this artwork. Has that blown shipped up. yet? By the way, not yet. I think it's the end of July. Okay. If I remember Damn right, it. like they were shooting Damn. for a July release date, and I think it was end of July. We'll see. All right. Well. They already have my money, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. Uh, hey, East Nine. What's happening? Oh, yes, we do have some East Nine we do. news. And really, it's a, a bunch more uh, character profiles. Mm-hmm. But the reason I threw this in is because we finally get uh, some descriptions on, like, the main character that's been promoted in, like, all the character art. Right. And the, that is... The weird black hooded... One. Yeah, yeah. A, uh, her name is uh, Aprilis, and I'm not sure if she's, like, the villain or not. I can't really but tell. she looks so freaking cool. Yeah. I, I, I feel like they'll play her off as the villain to begin with, but I don't think she really is. Yeah, yeah see, like, I'm not her. sure if, like, they're trying to go for, like, Adana. Yeah. Like, she's just a heroine or what. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I saw, I saw I'm really interested. Like, oh, the artwork for this game looks so sick. Yeah, all the character designs are really cool. Um, man, I'm just looking. From what I heard of the soundtrack, it's phenomenal already. <laughs> nice. Is it Falcom doing Falcom things? You know, like yeah, is, this is par for the course. I, I, I don't know how many times we can tell you folks, like go go play Falcom games. That's it. <laughs> uh, like, that, that is the moral. Of, that is the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> it really that is, is why I'm here. <laughs> Yeah, the animations look so smooth in this trailer too. Like this is probably like the yeah. smoothest I've seen uh, Falcom do for their games. I, I think it. I think it's finally because they're focusing specifically on console development now, and yeah, like, they're not worried about having to divvy up between Vita and PS4. Like, right. get me wrong, I like the Vita, but I'm kind of glad that Falcom has moved on because the Vita is now dead. Yeah, it allows them to really push themselves forward and and sort of. Um, like master the craft as it were you know really get these yeah and i mean down, these animations down like they have to do what they can because like when they're competing like as far as in the rpg market against something like final fantasy 7 remake yeah. which like don't get me wrong i'm falcom's number one fan but like visually final fantasy 7 remake blows anything falcom does visually out of the water 100 percent. there was like no i i can't argue that at all yeah so but, like, but they're they're getting there. Eh. They they they've created their own sort of um style. You know what I mean? They have, and it really caters to specifically like the anime crowd, as it were. Whereas like yeah. Square Enix is sort of trying to appeal to like the both West and East in terms of their art styles for a lot of their games mm-hmm. these days. So I really think that like Falcom has created like a really specific niche for themselves, and and people oh, for sure. look to them for that. You know, and they have a very dedicated and faithful fan base. One hundred percent, totally. That's one really cool thing uh, I wanted to mention, like, as far as my trip to AX and going to, like, the uh, the Falcon panels and stuff like that. Just, like, the community is r- super cool. Um, they are very meeting, chill. Just meeting, like, some of the other, like, fans. It's just, like, everybody was, like, respectful to one another. You know, there was really no, like, arguing or anything like that. Everybody was just, like, celebrating these games. Anytime, like, a new person joined, like, the lines for the panels, we were just all cheering and whatnot. Just like, yo, come, come check this out. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really cool, like, atmosphere. I was... I was impressed, really. <laughs> We're all pretty earnest. We just want people to like our games. That's it. That that was the vibe. It was just like we just want more people to play these games and enjoy them. That was that was it. No drama, no nothing. Just 
come play these games. It doesn't matter which one you like, which one you might not like. It's just like we we're all respectful of everybody's opinions. It was just really mm-hmm. cool. Mm-mm-mm. But and the of, last bit of Falcom news, yeah, 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 Take us uh, is all Kaseki related, all trails, yeah, related is. Uh, so I guess a lot of people got to interview uh, Toshihiro Kondo while he was at AX. Well, he was he was uh, available to everybody. <laughs> Yeah, like I saw a ton of interviews being like, we got an interview with Kondo. And I'm yeah. like, huh. He, All right, everybody took advantage of this. He was ready to talk to everybody, even just like the fan signings and stuff. He, he took a couple minutes for, for everybody to just like hang out, shoot the shit, and just talk. That's so sick. It was so Like, cool. I love this man. <laughs> Wholesome out of 10. But go on. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the first articles is uh, he, uh, Kondo was talking about potential modern ports for the, the lost games, as mm-hmm. it were, for us. Which is uh, Trails of Zero and Trails of Blue. Yep. Um, which go over the Crossbell arc. Mm-hmm. Now, there are fan translations available for these games. One of them is really rough, uh, and, and actually a retranslation is in the works right now. And the other one is uh, serviceable. Like, it's way better than the first one. Mm-hmm. But um, I would like to see, like, official localized versions of these games. Yeah. Especially since a lot of people consider this arc to be the best arc. Of trails, mm-hmm. so I would really like to see you know them kind of do that justice. Yeah, um, totally. But um, I'll take what I can get. To be honest, it, it was funny during um, the condo panel, specifically for him and his history um, as far as becoming president of Falcom. Uh, there was a part where he was going over like all of the Kiseki games, and um, as he was mentioning it, he. <laughs> There was an emphasis on um on Al and Zero, and mm-hmm. and they and both him and uh, his translator just like shot the Nisa representative like this hard stare. <laughs> 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 They're just like you know we was playing you know everybody's enjoying these games and you know we want to bring more games to the West stuff you know like Zero and Al and it was just like a good like thirty second like stare just mm, fantastic I love it dude was looking like uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> So you know he. He's God, aware. I wish I was there. Oh man, <laughs> it was fun. So he definitely he's aware. Um, Falcom is aware that we want those games, and I, I feel mm-hmm. I really feel like we're gonna get them at some point, whether it be like an updated release of the the original games or just like a new like remake of sorts of them. Yeah, uh, I do feel like we're probably gonna see them within the next year or so. I, like I'm more than likely going to, to play the fan translations because you have oh, to yeah. play them before Cold Steel Three. You, however, I, I will replay yeah. the official version whenever they come out absolutely guarantee it yeah i i 100 like, i will buy them day one that you have to play them before three <laughs> you have oh to. you you know things i know things you know some things and and, and i will 100 percent back that thought now that you we have to play those games <laughs> okay yeah like i already knew that going yeah. in yeah. but yeah i'm glad you see it reconfirming <laughs> okay yeah. Uh, and finally, the last piece of Trails news is Falcom also announced the next chapter uh, that takes place after Cold Steel 4. Yeah. And uh, it looks like there's already some returning characters, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I guess is somewhat of a spoiler for me, but whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not that it's, huge it's, of a spoiler to me. No, nah, it's... It's it's what it's it's characters that we personally haven't really been introduced to, but like were available in like the crossbow games and stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of like those I mean, characters. I'm interested in one character in particular. Which one? Uh, Scarlet. 
Yeah. Because I like when they introduced that backstory in Cold Steel 2, mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I want to know more of this. Yeah. I willed this into existence, Rob. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. I was in there. I did this. I contributed to the Drew energy on this one. <laughs> so I'm, was... and visually, like I'm looking at the screenshots that they shown and it looks mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Definite improvement. Yep, it seems like they're really building on the engine that they created. Um, they're probably learning more as far as like from East Nine and stuff like that too, uh, and really putting that technology to work. Like they're taking those steps to becoming that big sort of AAA studio in terms of its visual department. You know. Yeah, uh, and I I hope that means that more people will be willing to check them out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm 100 sure they will. Um, it's it's really really cool that they're getting out there and showing stuff like this. Um, yeah. During one of the panels, they had like the behind the scenes of uh, Cold Steel 3. Uh, and really what mm-hmm. that panel turned out to be, it wasn't so much like spoilers into 3. It was more just like how their process into developing these games in general. Uh, not just Cold Steel, oh, but nice. as far as like the Kiseki games in general and mm-hmm. even East. Um, and they, they really went in on like how important it is for them to like develop the world and like how serious they take creating each individual character and making sure that, you know, what this character represents like this character represents the area that they're from within that world, you know. So they take character mm-hmm. design incredibly seriously. Um, they mm. they realize that. I like, know that's something you definitely appreciate. Dude, I appreciate it so much. When when they're creating the world and they're creating like the area that they want to set their games in, it's like okay, within this country, there's going to be a bunch of different cultures within it, and like how does each character sort of represent the culture that they come from, and how does that interact with the the other cultures? Like they take that stuff so seriously in a way that like a lot of other companies don't, and just to hear that from him was just like really really cool because i've always assumed that of course and you know just getting that from the writer himself is just like yeah. i'm all in i love it i'm telling you man i love this company i really so, do so cool welcome to the falcon podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh hopefully those uh those panels go up on youtube pretty soon because i really feel like i really want to watch them. i, I, I will really show those do. out i feel like everybody who is interested in game design in general should like peep those panels um moving on fire emblem news what's going on here drew um so uh just some uh last minute news before we we get the game in 16 days oh my god that's right. um yeah Jesus i Christ. really need to finish cold steel 2 really mm. need to finish <laughs> we're running um, out of time i know uh mm. i find it really interesting about how much of development that they let like these articles talk about how much development koei tecmo actually did for this game yeah and the reason they decided to do that is because of koei's tecmo experience with dynasty warriors and like romance of the three kingdoms that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense for for the style that they're going for in terms of like doing the big army battles and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um that is something that koei tecmo specializes in um and you look at the way that they sort of handled like fire emblem warriors for example and yeah, yes. there, there was some really cool stuff with it, which I, I still think was handled pretty well. Like roster decisions aside, <laughs> like I think as a as a representation of Fire Emblem, yeah, Fire Emblem Warriors was very strong. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, they did that. Uh, they did that IP really real justice. You know, so it's really, really and cool. like I know, mm-hmm. um, I know people are wary about like Koei Tecmo working with Nintendo after other M. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't realize that was more on, like, where that game went wrong was more on Nintendo's side than Koei Tecmo's. 
Mm. The fact that Other M is somewhat playable is because of Koei Tecmo. Okay. Like, okay. Sakamoto wanted Other M to be an on-rail shooter. Ah, I see. Because really, he just wanted to tell a story. Right, right. And Koei Tecmo's like, N- no, this is a Metroid <laughs> game. People want to play a Metroid game. You're you right. can't do that. Right. It's almost like a similar situation to like DMC, the DMC reboot with Capcom where it's like that wasn't mm-hmm. so much Ninja Theory's fault where it was Capcom constantly saying like, no, we want Dante to be different. Make him more different, more different, more different mm-hmm. until he got the final See, version. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ninja Theory like originally wanted to do like a, a design closer to like normal Dante and Capcom kept mm-hmm. rejecting it. And they they did like multiple and I mean multiple revisions of Dante like kept sending it back oh, to Capcom wow. and then kept getting rejected until they finally got the the Dante that we have now you know <laughs> um hmm. yeah yeah there was a bunch of decisions that they wanted to do that Capcom was just like no 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 don't do that do something completely <laughs> See, different. I don't understand why <laughs> they do that sometimes yeah I, I like, don't get why it. are you gonna kill like that's another thing like so Fire Emblem is a major IP for Nintendo now like mm-hmm. after Awakening Nintendo pretty much came out and said Hey, Fire Emblem is, like, our third tier or something. Yep. Um, so, like, to let another company pretty much spearhead the development for this game, that's huge. Like, I really cool. like how open Nintendo has become in the past, like, five or so years. Yeah, they're really lending this stuff out there between, like, giving Mario to Ubisoft and letting... Tecmo mm-hmm. Koei do Fire Emblem, like a little bit more of Fire Emblem. You know, they're they're reaching out to like uh, Monolith Soft with Zelda, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, Kane's of Hyrule. Hyrule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're really, really becoming open to just like giving their games out to to the best studios. You know, in in terms of like what they want to go for, um, mm-hmm. they're really like distributing it out to the proper places. You know, it's it's cool. I, I like this Nintendo a lot. I do too. You know. Hopefully so this do. was more about Nintendo than Fire Emblem, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever. It's cool. Whatever. It's cool. It, it leads into a fun conversation about Nintendo. I, I hope we see more IPs come back from them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Where are we jumping on to from here? Pokemon news. But yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so uh, how are, we all, are we all still mad about the Pokedex? I mean, I've never been mad about it. Uh, I know the internet is still furious. Yeah, like I, I know, I know here at JSB, like we're pretty much cool with it. But yeah, understandable. I wasn't sure what general consensus was. General consensus yeah. is still it's fine. I don't, yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're we're all good about it. Twitter, on the other hand, that's a whole another ball game. But instead uh, of Pokedexes, let's talk about gym leaders. Yes, uh, we should. <laughs> <laughs> So I, this is really cool. Um, this is the first time I think they've ever done this, where they're separating gym leaders between the games. Yeah. So I did on... like. I was surprised when I read that. Yeah, me too. Um, and I'm curious to see how that plays out story wise. Um, not really sure what they're gonna do for that. But the the gym leader designs look really cool, especially Bay, uh, prop, uh, appropriately named Bay. Of uh, course. <laughs> I legitimately thought it was Bea, but. So did I, but listen, I, I respect that choice no, better. No, we're going with Bay. Yeah, we're going with Bay. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, this is your podcast, Rob. We just live in it. <laughs> we just live in it. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's super cool. I like all the designs. The, what was it? The ghost trainer or whatever? I forget her name. Oh, Alistair? Alistair. That was such a sick design. I get Majora's Mask vibes from that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah very much so. 
Uh, then again, I think I'm going to go sword on this one. <laughs> I mean, I don't I, know why. I'm just gonna... I feel like I'm obligated to at this point. <laughs> like, if you look Wait, at which her, one's sword? Uh, Bay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in this room's like, yeah, sword, I think is a better choice. Listen, like, everybody was going to pick sword anyway because of the dog. It's true. But so, like, yeah, I'm like surprised I'd rather they... have repeat than the <laughs> than other one. Lion. But like, uh, I figured they would have put her uh, in Shield just to like drive sh- sales for Shield because yeah. they know Pokemon Company knows. <laughs> they know. <laughs> they know what they're doing with their Pokemon guys. Do they know? They oh, do. They, they, know. they know. Why do they know? How do they know? <laughs> Doug Bowser. <laughs> Doug Bowser knows. <laughs> Yo, I didn't even know about this this announcement uh, until I started. See- I saw like a flood of fan art on my timeline today oh. yes I like, like i saw this? some people talking about it and i'm like wait what what is happening the artwork is so good it's so good though like whoo you see those abs just mm. <laughs> you've seen that uh if this attack if your attack doesn't work against her picture yeah like, oh, okay <laughs> all right then oh bad that's super cool i can't i can't wait to see like uh a lot of these characters in motion uh i want to see like what they're sort of intro sequences when they yeah. get into the gym and stuff like that. It's it's going to be really cool. Uh, so mm-hmm. the other part is we did get a bunch of new Pokemon. How do you guys feel about them? I wasn't super impressed personally. Uh, I haven't really looked at them much. Um, this is kind of like news to me, really. <sighs> Yamper? <laughs> like you have the – I've mm. seen the, the, the one that's whipped cream. I've seen that one, Ew. and it looks cute. Uh, there's no photos in the article, so yeah, I can't compare. There's no photo, photos in this article, so well, we, I'm gonna, we're, we're uh, lost. I'm going to pull but, one up. Don't worry, Drew. Don't worry. We, we got this. We got this. I remember seeing Yamper, and I was like, that's cute. Uh, but while he pulls up these images, how do you feel about Gigantamaxing? Um, I mean, it's a Pokemon gimmick. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll do it, say that was neat, and move on. I, I feel like it's just like a reskin version of Mega Evolution in a lot of ways. Like it almost. I seems mean, like I've heard same, some people yeah. say it's like the best way to do boss battles. Mm. Like boss battles that feel like they have weight. Right. Okay. Um, I can kind of see that. But again, like Pokemon has a new gimmick every generation. I'd rather yeah. they just stick to one. Mm, and just kind of like refine it, as it were. Yeah. Way. Like, it, I was a fan of Mega Evolutions. I was a fan more of, like... No, I like Z-Moves a lot. Z-moves. See, I didn't play Sun and Moon, uh-huh. so... I'm I like Z-Moves just because of, like, the poses. Just, like, the animation of the Z-Moves were really cool. So, like, you do this really awesome sequence with your Pokemon, and it's just like, all right, this is this is pretty tight. <laughs> but it, does it... Does Gigantamax... Uh, adhere to the same rules as like Dynamaxing, so it only lasts for like three turns. Or I think so. Okay, so it's not like uh, until they die scenario like Mega Evolution was. No, I, I kind of like that like... more. Um, it, it gives it a little bit more of a strategy element to it. Like, when do you want to pop it, and you can't just like use it forever, as it were. Ew. Oh, they get a a unique move called a G Max move. Ooh. I guess that's their answer. So it's like a combination of Mega Evolutions and Z moves, maybe. All right. Well, that's kind of refining both of the things that they uh, 
they created. So in a way, they're they're sticking with the uh, what they've done. If you think you know, maybe it. I'm actually misunderstanding what Gigamax Gigantamax actually is. Yeah, I really wish they think they thought of a better word. Gigantamaxing. Gigantamax. Oh, Gigantamax. See yeah, now who I can't guess. pronounce things. Yeah, Drew. Leave me alone. <laughs> so we got these Pokemon images up. Uh, the, can the... you all send me the link on the group chat so yeah. I can see them? Sure. Sure. He's going to pass them over. The The cream one looks really cute, actually. Like, I feel like I would eat that Pokemon on accident. Um, yeah. I really do like Yamper. Uh, the weird rock ice one, is it? Or is it like Ice Steel or something? Is Not that really the train sure. one? It yeah, like yeah, yeah. Steel yeah, that one looks really weird to me. Uh, probably my least favorite of the group, but I kind of like the new Pokemon so far. Fucking password. Nick is having. Issues. I need to see what the Steel Dragon looks like. Was not aware just, like, of that existence. Uh, I'm on the other computer. Oh, you're right. <laughs> That's what I get for ch- telling the producer what to do. <laughs> this is why I'm on this <laughs> you side too of the many computers. <laughs> Fuck, man. All right, you, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put it in the document, Drew. Oh, that's a smarter option. <laughs> Since I'm I am here. not intelligent enough to figure out how to do this. Welcome to the JSB podcast. How to do a podcast podcast. <laughs> right, at the bottom. At the bottom of all your. Oh, I, I, yep. There it is. There you go. Bam. The Verge. All right. The Verge. So for today's lesson, guys, in case you want to share things with your other podcast hosts, make sure you just drop the link into the the podcast. <laughs> Why document. does one just look like a cake? That's what I'm saying. It looks like a kid. Yeah, like a the strawberry pop. ears. Like, I, I would eat that Pokemon on accident. It's very like, cute Pokemon. Very cute. I and wonder if it evolves. is a cake. That literally is a cake. <laughs> Wait, what's it called? Okay, the Steel Dragon one is unimpressive. Which, which, okay, I am which not one's impressed. The, this one. Okay, that's the Steel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I was talking about. That looks weird. Like, looks like, like the thing that looks like an or eyeball or and a wheel <laughs> looks way cooler than the Steel Dragon. Oh man, let me see the eyeball. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes, but Yamper, Yamper though, Yamper is the best. Yamper is good. I mean, boy. Yamper is adorable. Yamper is a good boy. I just want to like Gigantamax Yamper and just like have a <laughs> giant corky corgi. Just like. <laughs> I need to figure out what this fucking Pokemon is. Which what is the cake one called? Uh, uh Rolly Colt. No, no, no. That was in. This. I think it's like Ah Creme or something. Uh, uh, we're looking Al Creme. Al Creme. Al Creme. Oh, no, wait, no, that is the Gigantamax version, I think. Al Creamy. Oh, word. No, wait, Al Creamy is just the whipped cream one. Yeah, and I think the cake is the Gigantamax oh, version really? of that. Oh, yeah. That's so dumb. <laughs> that's so dumb and awesome. <laughs> What the hell is that? Yo. <laughs> it just turns into a cake. My strawberry sherbet evolves into a cake for three turns. All I think of is, all I can think of is that boss for a Mario RPG. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man. That's great. That's fun. This is just this the po- taste of the new monsters. <laughs> I see what they did there. Ha. Oh jeez. <laughs> Pokemon Sword and Shield coming to the store near you, November fifteenth. Be sure to play the game so you can get your cream puff. It's <laughs> <That's> so dumb. <laughs> hmm. Whatever. Oh man. Uh, and then lastly in the news, um, this happened today actually. So breaking, uh, Switch Lite has been confirmed. How do you guys feel about it? Cool. 
Cool. It's not for me. Same. Same. <laughs> everyone everyone um, agrees same, but cool. However, I'm not surprised because they did the exact same thing when X and Y came out. And mm. like six months before X and Y came out, they announced the 2DS. Yep. Yep. I mean, and it's, it's strictly it's to move units. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it's part of the course for Nintendo. Like, they revise their consoles every couple of years, especially, like, their portable line. And seeing that the Switch is both portable and home console, they just kind of broke it out into its own portable form. Um, it is $100 cheaper, so it is priced at $199, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, the, so, l- mm-hmm. like, let's talk about that real quick, though. Yeah. So, Switch MSRP is what? $300? Yep, $299. $299. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and that comes with a dock. Yep. Right. And two detachable Joy-Cons. Yes. Yep. Now, the dock by itself is about 70 bucks. Yes, I hear it. <laughs> and detachable yeah. Joy-Cons are about 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. So these things are both missing from the Switch Mini. Yes. But uh-huh. you're only saving 100 bucks. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so are you really saving all that much? Like, So personally, like, I kind of feel like the Switch Lite with it being two hundred dollars, kind of def- it, like it defeats the purpose of a switch. Like if it was like like maybe one fifty, mm-hmm. I would see it being more of a thing. I mean, it'll probably sell. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it will probably sell like hotcakes, but I think it would be like it would be more justified if it was cheaper. I think one fifty is that sweet spot. I agree with you there, but I don't think two hundred is a bad price point for it. No. Um, you look at this it's not. more as for like. So I wish this was around when my nephew got a switch, yeah. right? Because he mm. has trouble with like the detachable Joy Cons and stuff like that. And saving a hundred dollars okay. for him to be able to just like have this on on hand because he doesn't even play it docked most of the time, right? Like we just play it tabletop mode and whatever. Um, oh, true. So it would be great for him, and it's smaller screen, so it's e- easier portability and all that jazz. I think it's a fine point, price point. It's, it's not bad. It's fine. Um, they do get a D-pad. They do they get, do a, D-pad. get a D-pad. So I'm jealous. That that's where the extra that is actually come critical. in from. They have <laughs> a, a dedicated D-pad. D-pad. Um, I, I agree, though. I think I was thinking that when I first saw the. I was like, ah, well, you know, 150, even like. Maybe one seventy nine, just right. a little bit. One seventy nine, yeah, yeah, would have been like, okay. Just shave off a little. Yeah, I don't know though. I, I can't knock it though. I yeah. think it's cool. It does the same thing like Drew says the two mm-hmm. DS did, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it has that sort of goofy plasticky feel for it. And yeah. mutually, we're all agreeing it is not for us. Yep. Yeah. But no, it's definitely designed for a younger audience in mind. Yeah, I, I play my Switch most of the time in docked mode. Same. Aside from when you know we're traveling, but it, it it does have that. You know, if if I'm a parent, I'm like, man, you know, my let's say I got 13 year old kid or something. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, oh man, I really want to switch. Actually, in my house, you already have. So, never mind. But it, I'll be like, yeah, <laughs> well, you're gonna I'm need a, a second much, one because you don't want to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm much more likely to be like, oh, it's, it's 200 bucks. If if he breaks it, it's a little bit less heartbreaking, right? You know, it, it's saving money. It's cheaper, probably more durable because it's full plastic, like mm. like single yeah. body design, right? The screen is a little bit less quality as far as uh, the panel goes, so I assume it probably will be able to take that hit from you know maybe dro- accidentally dropping it on the mm-hmm. ground or something, mm-hmm. as opposed to the regular switch, which. Definitely would not be as fond of the ground. <laughs> True. No. 
And yeah. I mean, there are like smaller improvements to mm-hmm. the system, like the battery life is better. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, that makes the, sense. apparently it has like a more streamlined processor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there are things there, like there are improvements. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to yeah. figure that factors into the price point as well. If you have like a stronger battery and stuff like that. I mean, it better like have that. a stronger battery life if it's portable. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. should. Yeah. One hundred percent. It kind of looks like the Wii U. The Wii U tablet in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, yeah, it does actually. It does. When I when I sit here and look at it's it, more rounded off. It's kind of weird. <laughs> um, they did also take out things like the um, the the sensor on like the right uh, stick or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I don't oh, think it has okay. like a NFC reader in here as well, so you can't use like mm-hmm. your Amiibos or anything. Um, so actually, it looks oh, like oh, you so can. Oh, it, I'm surprised. The right stick is an NFC touchpoint. It just it still has the NFC in it. Yeah, because right, cool. you can still use the controllers with it as well. That's pretty. Uh, cool. You can use your Pro controller with it. It doesn't have a yeah. kickstand though. Oh, uh, that's another one of those. Like, uh, okay. In a way, this is just like a Vita now. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> you really want to? Yeah. Like, I did see, yeah. like, in comment sections of, I miss my Vita or I miss my PSP. Yeah. I, I want to see, I want to actually hold one, just, like, get a comparison sure. in size. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. really. I th- think it is slightly smaller. It, yeah, it it, is, it's, it it's, it's for smaller sure. for sure. Um, but I wonder if it's, like, Vita size or is it, like, slightly bigger than a Vita? You know what I mean? It looks more like a phablet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, yeah. uh. Since we're kind of on this, I'd just like to kind of throw out like a question. Yeah. Uh, seeing as this is one ninety nine for, mm-hmm. you know, arguably the same, the, the right price point. Yeah. When the Switch Pro, which is mentioned in this article, eventually comes out, oh. what do you think that price point is going to be at, or what would you be? I mean, I shouldn't say willing to pay because I knew Drew. I know Drew's going to buy it no matter what it costs. Same. But damn, <laughs> damn. I, I feel the same way though. I mean, that's not. I bought a Wii U. I will buy every Nintendo. <laughs> so console, I. So. Uh-huh. I just want to know, like, what uh, you think I is right. Four hundred, to be honest. Okay. I feel it, when we get to a Switch Pro, let's say that's two years down the down the road, right? Uh, I feel it's like, just going to be a TV. <laughs> it's just gonna yeah, be a sure. switch TV. Um, it's gonna I, be like the second calming of like the Sharp NES TV. I, oh I like I like the one. Uh, there was like a, the joke article where it was like, okay, the Switch Huge was announced, and it's literally <laughs> just like a giant switch, like a seventy inch switch on a <laughs> stand. <laughs> but um, I think what they'll end up doing is I think the Switch Lite will end up becoming cheaper. Um, so I think by the time we get to a Switch Pro, I think the Switch Lite will probably be like 130 and I think a regular Switch mm, will drop down to like 2 something. Mm-hmm. So then the Switch Pro will probably be the new 299 price point. Okay. Or like 349 But even then, I don't feel Nintendo's comfortable going past the $300 mark. Yeah. Um, that's kind of outside of that family-friendly zone they, that they like to stay yeah, in. Yeah, they've always prided themselves on like having the cheaper console. Right. Yeah. So I do think they'll just shift everything down, and the Pro will take that two ninety nine price point. Hmm. Interesting. That's yeah. possible. I like that idea. Like, how much was like the new three DS? Two ninety nine, I think, or two forty nine. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, somewhere around there. Oh and how God. much was the three DS when it came out? Two forty nine. It was two forty nine because of that price cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd say that's a safe bet, Rob. Yeah, that that's Nintendo doing Nintendo things. Shout out to Nintendo. Shout out to Nintendo. Let's go, Nintendo. Give us free stuff. <laughs> Send us some Switch lights. Oh man, We're well happy to demo them. One hundred percent. So leading into our final segment of the show, Drew, music. You've been listening. Yes. So. 
full transparency, uh, we are doing a redux of an album I've talked about before on episode six. Redux! Which is the uh, Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel Super Range version, or Legend of Heroes Senno Kiseki Super Range version, however you prefer. Uh, so the reason I wanted to redo it, a uh, couple of reasons, is uh, when I talked about it, I feel like uh, it was right after I beat Cold Steel 1. Mm-hmm. And I tend not to listen to music before listening to it in game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I understand the context of the song. And, like, we sh- we did our podcast two days after I beat Cold Steel. So I barely had time to, like, really sink my teeth into this album. And then, like, I re-listened to that episode. And this was after, like, listening to this album a ton. And I'm like, I did not do this album justice at all. <laughs> like, at all. And it like I just kept thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I really want to redo it. I really want to redo it. Mm-hmm. And it happens like I didn't really have a new album to really talk about this week because I've been so busy with like the holiday and traveling and all that. So I felt like this was a good time to like talk about it. And because this ended up being a Falcom centric episode, it just kind of works. Yeah. So uh, to go into it, uh, the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel Super Range version was released in 2014. It is 11 tracks. Ten of those tracks are rearranged tracks, and the last track is a bonus track that is just a full version of the game's intro. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple fun facts. This was the last Super Range album Falcom has ever done, uh, and it was the last arranged album they have did until the Ease 8 Super Ultimate that came out earlier this year that I talked about on episode 8... Seven or eight. Somewhere go. in there. If you're interested in that, go check that episode out yeah. uh, for our review on that. Mm-hmm. So uh, the last reason I wanted to pick this album is last episode, Nick kind of mentioned that I only ever linked him Falcom shredding guitars. So mm-hmm. I wanted to <laughs> prove him wrong that Falcom does more than that. And mm-hmm. this was probably the best album, and I chose three songs. Okay. Uh, one is The Decisive Collision, second is Dining Bar F, and third is Aria, Holy Saint, Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. And naturally, the first song, Decisive Collision, that we're going to talk about is Falcom Shredding Some Guitars. Damn right. So, <laughs> Setting to prove Nick um, wrong, we prove him right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, however, I think this is still very different from your standard, like, Falcom electric guitar, like, just shred, like... So this song is the final boss theme of Cold Steel 1. Mm-hmm. The original song is completely synth. It's led off by a, a very slow-tempoed uh, synth piano. Basically, the song, like, it's a very emotionally charged song. I'm sure you can agree with that, Rob. Yep, 100%. Um, uh, it doesn't start at the beginning of the battle like most final boss themes does. Falcom is very excellent about how they do their music. And they actually start the song, like, in the pre-conversation before the actual battle. And, like, the beginning of the song is a very slow tempo, like, sort of build-up. Like, you understand that the battle is about to happen. And, like, it's an emotional sort of scene, and you're going into it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, as the battle actually starts, the tempo picks up, the trance beat kicks in, and then you just go, like, full-fledged into the boss theme. Right. And what's cool about the original theme is it has a very like futuristic sound to it, which without going into spoilers just fits the final boss theme Mm -hmm. or that final boss battle. Like I can't specifically say why, but just trust me on that. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I really liked about the song is after it goes through like the main battle medley, 
it kicks back to that slow tempoed intro in the middle of the song, but it does it over the trance beat and it does it at a much faster tempo. Yeah. And I really feel like that drives home the emotional stakes that are going on in that fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So going from there, let's talk about the arranged version where the synth is completely replaced by a violin electric guitar duet, which is Falcom standard, like pretty sure they are legally obligated to do that. <laughs> um, but one of the really nice things I liked about the song was there's like an like there's still synth playing because that really helps drive home that futuristic feel of the song and it's like this ethereal synth that plays in the background and it's like it's not very like exemplified like it's somewhat subdued but it's always there and I really feel like it adds to like a really nice touch to the song mm-hmm. and like. I remember when I first talked about this album, I was like, I hadn't listened too much to the last two songs yet, or last three songs. This is one of them, and okay. like I really regretted that decision because I love this arrangement so much. Mm-hmm. Like it does so much for this final boss theme. Like the the violin is a nice substitution for the synth piano. Like it really fleshes out. Like violin is a more emotional instrument, I feel, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like an actual piano. But like. You also, it still feels like a boss theme because you have these like excellent electric guitar riffs. And uh, it's just such a good final boss theme. Yeah. There are times where I do prefer going back to the synth and like talking about what we talked about last week, where I mentioned like there's a couple mana songs that newer versions just completely outdate older versions of songs. Right. Falcom never really does that. Like, there are reasons to listen to both versions of this song. Mm hmm. And, like, it's either you really like the synth, because, like, the synth, especially the synth piano at the beginning, is is very somber. Like, it really gets that feeling across. But, like, the tempo in this arranged version is, it's faster than it is in the original song. And I really appreciate it. Right. It Um, it really turns it into, like, its own thing. And that's kind of what I appreciate about a lot of these albums, is that it it, mm -hmm. the, the new songs, as you said, like, it doesn't erase the old ones. It's just, like, it's something new, it's something different, and they stand on their own as, like, their own tracks. And yes. I, I echo a lot of what you say here. Um, I, I really like this entire sort of piece. I like the the up high tempo of it. Um, it's it was really cool. I was bumping to it on on the way here actually. Just like again, I'm just like you know what? Let me replay. I think this is probably like my favorite out of the three that you picked so far. Um, oh nice. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really really cool track. I think they did this one a lot of justice. Nick, what do you? I like you, electric guitar. You like electric guitar? I do. <laughs> So uh, Falcom's for me, you know? Yeah. Drew, Drew sure proved me wrong with this one. Drew sure proved you wrong. Um, right, I, I do right, think so. I kind of, um, I think I kind of like the, the original synth like a little bit more over the violin. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, I, I do like this this piece a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, now to go in the songs to prove Nick wrong. <laughs> we have the first one, which is Dining Bar F. This one's uh, so Track dope. five on the album. This, is really uh, this plays in a location called Dining Bar F in uh, Cold Steel 1. Mm-hmm. And this song really makes me wish that Falcom did more jazz. Same. Like, more jazz and more R&B. Like, I love this song so much. This Big is definitely, same. like, a song I will just throw on. Like, if I feel like I just want to, like, chill sit in my recliner and have a drink and just like listen to some music i will throw this on like, it's the same vibe you get out of like persona 5's beneath the mask and stuff oh, like yeah. that absolutely just, like, very very absolutely. chill very very like i'm just gonna chill here like you said make a drink 
kind of just like mm-hmm. mellow out a little bit, throw it on in the background. Uh, yeah. Like totally. the, the, the best vibe I can get from it is it, it gives me like a Marvin Gaye trouble man sort of vibe. Mm, it's okay. very jazzy, very R and B like the acoustic guitar on this song is so strong. Yeah. Yeah, it is like, and it go like the, the solos, like the dude is clearly having so much fun (laughs) you can feel it (laughs) like he's just going ham on this acoustic guitar and it's Mm. so good but i really really would love to see jdk band do more jazz yeah like oh the song is so good yeah i I would love to see like an all jazz rendition of a lot of these tracks you know what i mean just like a jazz Mm -hmm. album they actually have i found today they have an all acoustic album that i'm going to go listen to shoot that my way please i will (laughs) i absolutely will yeah 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 so did did i prove you wrong with this one nick uh yeah well you know when i said i really like electric guitar Uh i really like all guitar so (laughs) uh, i'm not just some mindless savage who listens to guitar solos you savage i do appreciate only the metalist of metal no, I I love. I mean, I learned when I was playing instruments originally. Yeah, everyone like most other people, I learned mm-hmm. on an acoustic guitar Same. and an acoustic mm-hmm. bass actually, which oh. you don't see those often. Oh, nice! They're really fucking cool. Oh, um, that's still my one of my favorite instruments that I play. Today I've always is the acoustic. wanted to learn how to play bass. It's very fun. Yeah. Um, this song, you're right, is not Falcom Shred. Well, it's like it's like pseudo Falcom Shredding because you're right; those acoustic guitar solos are fucking awesome. <laughs> They're really cool. They are. They are. Like it is. Like it's like the middle ground. It is for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But I felt like you're right. I I imagine myself like sitting in like a smoky bar with a cigar and like a martini yeah. or something, yeah. and just like. Enjoying my time, like, oh, this is yeah, nice. Yeah, it's kind of vibing out to the to the atmosphere of this bar, yeah. you know. Yeah, good job, Drew. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so this last song, uh, mm-hmm. and this is actually the song that blew me away just when I hit it because I wasn't expecting it. Ah. Uh, it's called Aria, Holy Saint, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and it is an arrangement of my favorite dungeon theme from the game, which is the dungeon theme of. Luthergrin Castle. Yeah. God, I can never pronounce that one right. <laughs> but um, original song is like a very, like at that point in the game, like you're starting to touch on like some more supernatural elements that are happening within the world. And so you go to this dungeon and it has like a very like mysterious and ethereal vibe to it. Like it's definitely like a, it's it definitely gives like that old spooky haunted castle feel. Right. But it's also serene at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, what the arranged track does is it throws all that out and turns into like a straight up opera. <laughs> uh, so it is an aria, which is a piece of opera that is sung by one individual. Uh, and I came to find like as I was doing this write up, I decided to uh, like actually read up on the lyrics so I could understand what the singer was saying. And it turns out like the lyrics are actually relevant to the lore within the game, which yeah, I that, thought was incredibly cool. That like after listening mind. to the lyrics and reading up on the lyrics, like I actually pieced some things together about the game that I hadn't encountered yet. And I'm mm. like, Oh shit, that's actually really cool. It goes, it goes to that point of like Falcom weighs nothing, even their songs. No, they now waste absolutely to... nothing. <laughs> now I have and to like, go read the lyrics. <laughs> Like, opera is actually important within the game yes. setting. Like, yeah. in Erebonia, like, opera is, like, one of the main things that Erebonians like to do in their culture. Mm-hmm. And for story reasons that I can't go into, opera is also important 
for another reason, Rob knows what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. I can't go into detail why, Mm -hmm. but that's also like just another cool touch that makes this arrangement even cooler. Mm -hmm. So like it, like the song kind of exemplifies like why I like Falcom. Like even in their soundtracks, they are doing world building and that is awesome. Yeah. I really, as for the song itself, Mm -hmm. uh, the instrumentation is what you'd expect from an opera performance. I think it's really good. It was really solid. Like the, the, the soprano that they have is on point. I feel like she I heard this very, song very like good. a lot, so I was kind of like over it to be honest. Um, you do hear it a lot in Cold Steel too. You, yeah, you do. Yeah, you, you do. do. Um, so I, when when you picked this one, I was just like, oh man, I gotta listen to this again. And it's not it's not like <laughs> it's a bad song. It's just I've heard it so much. Um, mm-hmm. So I wasn't really like feeling it until like towards the end. I like the way this this track ends a lot. Uh, I think yeah. it's like really, really strong how everything comes together towards the end of this piece. But yeah, like, it, it swells for that yeah. like one last ballad, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. But everything else, I, I was almost like it almost felt the same as when I was listening to it in Cold Steel Two. <laughs> I was just like, I can't, I can't That's hear fair. past it. <laughs> That's fair. You must hear it like a lot more after the parts that I'm at. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I've heard it like three times, and it's just like in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, well, that's a nice touch, but okay. okay, I guess if you hear it a lot more, I should be ready. You you, you hear it a lot. All right. <laughs> that might also have been because like I was speeding through it at a fast pace too, maybe. So I was like hitting a lot of the areas where it plays, like back to back to back to back. But, oh, okay. Um, so that might have been part of it too, but it, so like, it's, it's your it's fault. A, yeah, it's my fault. It, it's a great song. The song's great. Yeah, song's Go great. Rob, the song's great. <laughs> Not saying the song is bad. It's just I, I kind of got over it. But I do love the way that this piece ends for sure. Mm, because it ends, it's over. Because <laughs> it's anymore. no longer there. <laughs> it has such a powerful like ending to it. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Because you don't get that part in, in the actual game when you're listening to it. Like, <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, it just sort of like loops itself, and I'm just like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> mm, okay, it's definitely like not a song you want to have on repeat for like yeah. ever. I, <laughs> I I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Cut me some slack. <laughs> um, yeah. All in all, I think this album's incredibly strong. Like the other tracks are, you know, refined versions of battle themes from Cold Steel One, like mm-hmm. uh, Tiling to Artness, Don't Be Defeated by a Friend. Uh, Belief, which is an amazing track. Oh, mm-hmm. God, I love the arrangement of that track. Uh, but they are all your standard, like, Falcom, like, shredding guitar, like, awesome rockin' tracks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and there is another song that I wanted to mention, which is The One and Only Hope, which mm-hmm. is an orchestral piece that I thought was really well done, but I don't have a lot to say on orchestral pieces, to be honest. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, if you like Falcon music, definitely pick this album up. It's very good. Nice, nice. I like it. Nice. So, Nick, did it, are, did I get my point through? Uh, I mean, you kind of bodied yourself in the first song, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, opera is like the farthest thing from what I expect you to put in <laughs> anything. Um, but yeah, I mean. There's other stuff in there. I know that I can I I can hear that Falcom does other things. Mm. So it's cool. Nice. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> they have a good range. You know, they, they do. They're, they're willing to do a lot and branch out. They need to do more jazz though, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I want an all jazz album. But 
Good deal. That's basically going to be the end of the show this week. Uh, I think it was a pretty solid show overall. I know? think so, too. I think it was a little yeah. messy earlier. You know, I didn't have my notes, but we got we made it through. Made it through. Made it. Uh, <laughs> hey, Drew, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, I'm mostly on Twitter at TLHTotallyDrew, mm. where I talk about video game music, fighting games, and mm. video game opinions. What was the last image that you tweeted? Uh, I don't know. Mm. Very weird question. Yeah, I know. I was keeping him on the toes, but now I'm know. concerned. Clear, clearly, he doesn't know his own Twitter. Uh, Nick, <laughs> uh, where uh, where can people find you? You can find me at uh, Rainbow Frisky on Twitter and Instagram. Mm. Um, I'm back on the Instagram plug after AX. So oh yeah, I I'll saw start... some of your Instagrams. It was it was pretty good. Oh yeah, that was what I tweeted. What'd you tweet? What was it? Oh, uh, me being a super fan apparently got us free stuff at the Falcom booth. That is correct. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that. That is correct. It actually did. (laughs) That is hilarious. I love it. Oh, man. Yeah. But, yeah. They can find you on the Instagrams. Yeah, Twitter and Instagrams. At Rainbow Frisky. That's what I do. I I tweet and I uh, picture. (laughs) And um, You seem so lost right now. It's... It's uh, it's a lot of idle stuff yeah. recently, especially mm-hmm. post Love Live uh, concert. Yeah, um, it's I talk about tech mm-hmm. and video games, mm-hmm. mostly anime. I won't even I won't even front. Yeah, even though that is not what I do. <laughs> it's mostly <laughs> anime. Uh, yeah, or um, on the JSB Techcast, it airs on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about technology, Rob and I. We had a fun episode this week. We did, yeah. and uh, you could. Yeah, you can listen to that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at Zenosuke. Uh Yeah, you know the deal. Anime, Soccer Wars stuff. Yes. Just follow me. Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook at Jack Savage Base. You can find us on Twitter at Jack Savage Base. Keep up to date on all Jack Savage Base stuff. And other than that, thanks for listening, guys. And we will catch y'all next week. Bye. See you. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.